welcome to the Book of Aurora podcast, the podcast where we talk about all the Metroid games, whether they are canonical or not. I'm your host, Crystal, and with me as always is Monica. Hello. And Cameron. Hi. Here, we're going to talk about the first not-canonical Metroid game, Super Metroid. <laughs> Go on. This is bald. This, oh. This is an auspicious start. This is saucy to start with. This game didn't happen. It didn't happen. It's a remake of Metroid 1, but also, I I mean, it explains how the baby died, but... <laughs> it's Metroid 3. It says Metroid 3, but when you boot it up. But you just... Okay, there's story at the very beginning and at the very end of the game, but then the middle of the game is a remake of Metroid 1. Right, yeah. Which makes it confusing i don't know where mother brain came from again oh what a great question crystal what a great way to start us off on this and ridley and craig yeah uh-huh well shall shall we hop right into th- talking about the plot of the game such as it is <laughs> where do we begin oh oh right we should talk about our respective experiences with super metroid okay um now crystal you've been playing super metroid on and off for the past week or so that's correct and you have seen the entire story yes i have i've i've seen the hyper beam there that's that's the part where you know that the things happen and monica you played metroid for the first time like what 20 years ago um very yeah oh gosh maybe even before that on an emulator because i did not have an snes as happens uh, and then I got stuck. As happens. Basically, immediately. Oh. But no, I then I then I beat it. I think after I I uh, played Prime. Hmm. Are, are you wanting me to expand on this? Yeah. I cried a lot. Yeah. That baby Metroid fucked you up real bad. That baby Metroid fucked me up really bad. And it still does, actually. It still does when I talk about it. Although not right now. Worse if I talk about it. But um. I, I I got the Omega Beam, and I think I I still died because I was crying. She hard. was crying so hard, she couldn't shoot Mother Brain good enough to win the fight. No. With the Hyper Beam. Look, it can happen. <laughs> can clearly happen. Uh, Crystal, how did you find the ending to Super Metroid, just in terms of, like, the emotional resonance? I, I have to confess, I was not that emotionally connected to the <gasps> baby. I, no! I have to confess the same thing. No. I, I, I ended up playing the game on the Wii Virtual Console back in like 2007 or whenever it released on there. Right, but your your feelings are muted because I kind of go a little bit wild. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Oh, oh, geez. Crystal, uh, the first time I played it, I was... Uh, Monica had a reaction to it that's not that far removed from the first time that she played it. Like, it destroys her because the baby Metroid makes her so sad. And I was so distracted by how distraught she was, I couldn't react to it. So I was running and I was trying to escape. And I don't like the controls in Super Metroid that goddamn much. So I was having some trouble getting out during the escape sequence. And, like, you know the part where you have to decide whether to go back for the animals or not? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I ran past that part because I wasn't making good time. I was like, shit, I gotta go, I gotta go. And Monica's like, no, you have to save the animals. You do, like, though. You do have to save the animals. I went back for them, and I ended up getting them. And and I, then I started feeling bad. 
Uh, but for making me go back and saving them? Yes, because it really did seem like you were going to explode. Yeah. Oh, the thing is, I got like one of those super speed runs as I was heading towards the ship, and then I jumped, but at the wrong time, so I like overshot the ship by like half the map, and I ended up getting back in and starting the ending with less than a second to spare, and it was very dramatic. Anyway, Super Metroid's fine. I didn't connect to the baby that emotionally either. It's kind here's of scary. The thing about, here's the thing about this game. I, I can feel the influence this game had on Zero Mission and Samus Returns. Right. Uh-huh. And this game, they added too much shit and they don't have enough buttons for it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Go on. Too much Zero, shit. This made me appreciate Zero Mission more because I thought Zero Mission, the controls were a little bit clunky, but in comparison, Zero Mission is, is tight and beautiful and perfect. They really... Putting uh, <laughs> missiles on right trigger and aim up on left trigger is a beautiful distillation of Super Metroid. See, this I... is why... <laughs> Go on. Go on. So the the internal remapping was not enough for me. I ended up doing, like, retro arc level remapping where I put, like, dash and uh, select the missiles on the triggers. So then the only buttons I need were jump and shoot. But then... Because you can only remap the buttons that exist on the SNES, it doesn't go far enough because it's it's still a little awkward to aim and to switch between all your shit and to use the grapple beam. And this is why they put four shoulder buttons on the PS1 controller. It's because of Super Metroid. <laughs> it's specifically because of Super Metroid. That's that's fair. That's fair. And- and we all think that they really should have put Super Metroid out on the Nintendo 64, actually, with its more buttons. Yes, that would have worked much better. I I was worried about this when uh, we, we discussed which order you would be playing through the Metroid series, because the way I, I see it is you have to really progress in terms of the, the order of release, and, because then the controls aren't that obnoxious. But if you go from... Anything more recent back to Super Metroid is very obnoxious. Crystal, well, I think say- I would have still found it obnoxious because I went back and played Metroid 2, and now that game is perfect. The you thing see, about I- Game Boy is that because you only have start, select, A, and B, you're not tempted by by Satan to add stupid <laughs> bullshit that you don't need. Right. I'm, you have I was to actually- make the game pure distilled. I, I was going to ask exactly that, and I'm glad that you, uh, you, you've confirmed that that was the way. One of the main uh, factoids that uh, I encountered while reading about Super Metroid, though, is that Sakamoto did not was not able to conceive of a Metroid with the N sixty four controller. Couldn't figure it out. I I don't get it. <laughs> it's it's the same. It just has an extra two face buttons. Sure is. Uh huh. Everybody else figured out how to put any other game on the sixty four. Um. Didn't he have trouble, seemingly, with the Switch as well? Um, or was it the Wii? It was the Wii. Okay. Well, I mean... We'll talk about that later. Um, I, I, I... I... Man. Super Metroid... We are going to piss off so many of our listeners just from this opening part. But I think that of all the games that you can play in the Metroid series right now, Super Metroid is probably the clunkiest one just to play. Outside of the original. I don't disagree with you. I don't think there's any, like, pro speedrunner person listening and being very offended. 
I guarantee you we've got some old heads who really love Super Metroid. Well, there's a lot of good things about Super Metroid. It's true. Just not so much the controls. And the entire map is great, except for Meridia, which is bad. I mean, wall jumping is hard. Bomb jumping is hard. Yeah, yeah. You can't grab onto ledges. Shall we talk about the lore some? Sure. Uh, Maybe bit into the factual first. So this was released in 1993-1994. Okay. Um, it was created by a staff of 15, managed by Gunpoi Yokoi, but this was uh, written and directed by Mr. Sakamoto. As happens. Who I think we mentioned before was so touched by the ending in Samus Returns or Return of Samus that uh, he, he really wanted to make a story featuring... The baby. The hatchling. Yeah. I'm not doing another M thing when I call it the baby. That's just what it is. It's a baby. Yeah. You still there, Crystal? Yeah, I'm still here. They call it a baby in the intro of this game, don't they? Or do they not um, say hatchling? They say larva, which okay. is like the worst option, I think. There might be hatchling as well. Maybe baby on top of all of that. There is a manual to review, but there is also substantial uh, uh, introduction. So That's I figure true. we'll do the manual... And then go to the actual game. How does that sound, Crystal? That sounds good to me. Now, I've linked the uh, official Nintendo PDF for the Super Metroid manual in line and in the Skype chat. Okay. I'm going to read from The Metroid Menace. The galaxy once enjoyed a period of peace and prosperity. Trade lines were open, the citizens were happy, and the Galactic Federation kept a watchful eye over the planets. Not long ago, the peace was broken by a startling discovery. The dawn of the Metroids. Yeah. On a routine survey mission of the planet SR-388, the crew of a Galactic Federation vessel discovered a new airborne life form and gave it the name Metroid. These creatures which could engulf other living beings and take away their energy, proved to be strong and prolific. After just a few seconds of beta ray bombardments, a single Metroid became two Metroids, and then four. Several Metroid specimens were gathered so that the survey vessel crew could take them to Galactic Federation headquarters for further examination. As the crew sped towards headquarters, they were ambushed by space pirates from the planet Zebus. The pirates stole the Metroids and took them to their home planet, where the planet-leaving Mother Brain created a Metroid Force. Now, this is different from the Metroid (laughs) 1 story. Sure is. Where are we spotting uh, inconsistencies? Uh, Apparently, the Galactic Federation had four live Metroids on their ship, not just uh, one capsule. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So, yeah, several Metroid specimens instead of... I like the several. Yeah, and uh, also it... Um, also, they named it Metroid. I guess that's not failing to be in keeping with the Metroid 1 manual, but it's still like, hmm. It's a little strange. Yes. I like the term Metroid Force. Yes, Metroid Force. Also, planet leading mother brain. Yes. The also, pirate don't shoot beta rays at the Metroids. I, oh, right. Yes. And it was like beta rays could turn one Metroid into two in like 24 hours in the original, right? Oh, let's look at that manual. It could be like over the course, like you could double them over the course of several hours or a day. 
Whereas this one is like seconds. And I know for a fact that that's fast. Manual. Yeah, it takes 24 hours. And the original takes 24 hours. Here it takes seconds. That's what much more. What does zero mission say? I don't know what the hell zero mission Okay, I'll continue with the next part. Enter Samus. Bounty hunter Samus Aran was commissioned by the Galactic Federation to eliminate the space pirates and do away with the dangerous Metroids. Samus landed on Zebus alone and carried out her mission with speed and precision. After the skirmish on Zebus, a special corps was assigned by the Galactic Federation to destroy the Metroids on SR-388. That corps was never heard from again. The Supreme Council gave Samus the job to fly to SR-388 and do what the special corps could not do, make the Metroids extinct. Wait, I feel like that's a change from the Metroid 2 manual. It is definitely different from Return of Samus in that it doesn't mention a science mission going out. Right, and but it, it, nor is this a rescue operation. It's like, we're going to send some guys to kill all the Metroids. That's the second mission. I thought that was a rescue mission. Was it? Yeah, I thought it was that there was no extermination mission until they sent Samus. Yeah, they had to have the entire UN come together at the Super Bowl. Remember? Ah. Yeah, in Zero Mission, it's silent as to the exact time it takes for Metroids to to reproduce. Wow. The plot of Metroid. Uh, time for the return to SR-388. The Metroids on SR-388 were more advanced than the creatures on Zebus. These monsters could shed their skins and grow even stronger. Samus worked deep below the surface and blasted all of the Metroids in her path. Her final victory was against the enormous Metroid Queen. When the Queen was defeated, Samus discovered a Metroid egg which hatched before her eyes. Even this hardened bounty hunter could not destroy the Metroid larva. <clears throat> When the larva sensed Samus's presence, it clung to her as though it had found its mother. Samus packed up the Metroid larva and took it with her to the Space Science Academy on the Galactic Federation space colony, where scientists could study the creature and understand its special organic structure. A new discovery. The Science Academy scientists found out that the energy-producing properties of the Metroid could benefit humankind. Their report suggested that the Metroids may have originally been created for peaceful purposes. Just when it seemed peace and order had been restored, Samus received an emergency directive from the Galactic Federation. Emergency! Emergency! Return immediately to the Space Science Academy. When Samus made her way to the research facility, she found the building in ruins, and the Metroid larva was nowhere to be seen. Out from the darkness came a group of Zebesian space pirates and their leader, Ridley, who had the Metroid larva in tow. The pirates fled to a rebuilt planet Zebus, and Samus followed them, resolving to finish them off and save the hatchling. I feel like this is not in keeping with the events depicted in the beginning of the game, actually. <laughs> no, I think, it's not. Is this the first instance that we've run into on this show where a manual is just hard non-canon? It may be, and what we did with Zelda is that after a certain point, we, we placed less weight in the manuals. Sure. Do you recall which point that was? I think it might have been Ocarina of Time. Sounds about right. I wasn't there. Uh... I just like the description of Samus blasting the Metroids on SR-388. Yeah, I uh, They describe uh, the properties of the Metroid could benefit humankind. Yeah, that's, that's the Federation. All the little guys, those were gone as soon as Sakamoto took over the series. And by the little guys, I mean the guys from the first Metroid. Oh, right, because humankind instead yeah, of... Yeah, right. Base. As opposed to galactic civilization. Yeah. Huh. This That's is, interesting. This is the part where the Federation stops having 
non-human citizens. Sakamoto. Sakamoto did it. Uh, Ridley is also described as the uh, leader of the space pirates. Wrong. <laughs> Even though Mother Brain is the planet leader, I suppose he's he's above that. Also, there are no space pirates on Sarah Station. Not the Space Science Academy. Sarah Station. I think the way the sentence is structured, he is described as the leader of this group of space pirates. Oh, okay. Sure. What space pirates? Uh, the group of Zebezian space pirates that came out of the darkness to steal the larva. Yeah, but those aren't in the game. You don't you don't meet any Zebezian space pirates until you come back through old Turian at the beginning of being on Zebes. That's you true. Just meet Ridley. I I guess there are two different incarnations of third Metroid. <laughs> Shit. I didn't expect us to not even be able to boot up the game before uh, this happened. Well, yeah, I guess it's that or we ascribe lower weight to it. But that that is fun. That is fun. Fun. Anything that happened. For certain values of the word fun. Um, a couple of things to note here. Well, one I hope somebody thing. got fired for that blunder. <laughs> Is we, we kind of skipped over this um, in our review of the NES manual, but uh, Ridley in it was described as uh, the or a original life form of planet Zebes. Right. Um, and was controlled by Mother Brain, which... Uh... You, you, you linked to me an article by um, Tomato, right? About uh-huh. the translation of that. What yes. was it like in the Japanese? It's, yeah, a, a, an indigenous life form, an original life form of Zebes. And that's what the 3DS Virtual Console's tra- retranslated manual says. Hmm. So Ridley is originally of Zebesian origin. No wonder he hates the Chozo. What do you mean? They're, they're colonizers. Are they? Did they not colonize the planet? We don't know if the Chozo are originally from Zebes or not. Oh, you think that they just like simultaneously came to be on the same planet? I guess that could work. It's what not... are birds but dinosaurs? It's not... Yeah, true. What are dinosaurs but birds? I... It, mm. Yeah? <laughs> the statues kind of looked like Ridley, didn't they? Huh. Yeah, back in the NES version, the statues did look a little like Ridley. That reads to me as uh, Ridley is the last of the of the statue civilization. At least in the original game. Oh, gosh. Yes. Maybe not so much in this one. <laughs> no, in this one, he killed the last of the... The statue civilization, which is now called the Chozo. Right. Yeah, this is the first instance of the usage Chozo. Not in the manual. It's in the or, manual. It's in the manual. Well, where would that be? If you scroll down to uh, the statues. And it was due to... Oh, you were right there. <gasps> yes, a uh, mistranslation of the Japanese manual, because uh, the the kanji for... Uh, described them as bird people statues... And they took it quite literally, Chozo. Oh, I see. That's what Chozo means, bird people right. species. It says, The ancient bird people of Zebes are immortalized in the form of several statues scattered throughout the planet. By firing on the balls that are held by many of these Chozo statues, you'll reveal special items. So they, they, are, they are an ancient bird people of Zebes. They've been here a while. Yeah, that's true. Um, Though they don't seem to be there anymore. They sure aren't. I mean, it's been two games of the Space Pirates (laughs) having complete control of the planet. They're dead. Uh, There is a wrecked ship in this. Yes. And there 
is at least one Chozo statue, statue inside in, of it. It's the one that carries you around. It's implying that it's an it's a Chozo ship. Yes. Uh, fragments of that wrecked ship is actually in uh, Zero Mission as well. Go on. It's not connected to the very purple sperm uh, space pirate ship. Right. But uh, there is a place that you can go to and the, uh, the background is sort of greenish and old right beside the space pirate ship. I see. It has the same similar entrance with uh, jumping across a lake. Got it. Uh, <laughs> so the Chozo crash landed here? I'd it, say so. It's either they crash landed there or their escape ship crashed when the pirates shot it down. Because of the oh. Fantoon. And because of all the space pirates shooting at them. I'm saying that that crash could have happened before the first Metroid. Okay. Yeah. So, in in, in the supplementary mangas and such for this game, oh, Samus God. will be established as being <laughs> raised by the Chozo, but that is not said in the text of this game or the manual. Yeah, that, that was the tie-in man- manga for uh, Metroid Zero Mission, I believe. No, there's a non-canon Super Metroid one. Oh, the featuring does. old bird. Well, shit. Are you serious? Yes. I haven't read this. It uh, discusses the crystal flash technique, I think. Fucking sick. Okay, I'll have to read that after we're done recording. <laughs> um, I'm going to note down that we don't know when the wrecked ship crashed. Right. But we know it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. And shit got busted up real bad. Yes. Okay, so 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 shall we shall shall we start in on the actual thing of the game, or is there more we want to cover before we hit the on button? I just wanted to establish that there there is yet more incarnations of Third Metroid because in this video game, Samus is not raised by the Chozo. Hold on, what? What do you mean? She doesn't. She doesn't mention it. Why wouldn't she mention it? Shit, you're right. Because yeah. in Zero Mission, she mentions that it's her home planet. Yeah. Oh yeah. That. That I had sort of assumed, uh, because it doesn't quite make sense. God damn it. So this can't be a sequel to Zero Mission, and it's, not it's certainly a not a sequel to Metroid 1. Why isn't it a sequel to Metroid 1? Because everything with Ridley is completely different. Well, I think it could line up with Metroid 1 if it's uh, a new Ridley. I would like to suggest that we have the timeline placement argument after we go over the events of the game. Cool. Okie dokie. I just want <laughs> um, to establish that the mangas are the mangas and not the game. You're abs- 100%. I am right yes. behind you. Um, one other thing to note from the manual is that Torian, which used to be rather near to the surface in Metroid 1, is now uh, quite a ways deep down um, in the, uh, the uh, planet's core because the original turian was close to the surface and this one's way down to be more defensible against samus right. and that's noted uh in the the manual that uh, after samus um annihilated the forces of zebes the first time this new turian was built in a more secure area that's on page 18 at the big useless map and in fact if you in criteria you can access the old turian We're including cool. the jar area <laughs> We're getting into that because okay. you can't avoid it. Yeah. Well, maybe you can. I don't know what speedrunners. Okay, speedrunners, <laughs> I guess. But I've never seen anyone avoid it. All right, let's start the game. Crystal, would you take us through this part? The last Metroid is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace. Who says this line, do you think? 
Uh, D- Dan Oson. Yeah, just who, some who's, guy. Who's that? He, he he was a localizer at the time, wasn't he? Uh, yes. He he also voiced in uh, Star Fox. Yes, that's right. He was Rob, right, or something. I I, I pasted over the the stuff to you. Oh, I'm sorry. I did I send it to you, Crystal? I think so. Maybe not. All right. No, it's in Hangouts. It's in Hangouts. Samus continued. Samus narrates the opening of this game. This is green text over a, a picture of her face in the helmet. She says, I first battled the Metroids on planet Zebus. It was there that I foiled the plans of the space pirate leader, Mother Brain, to use the creatures to attack galactic civilization. And there's a flashback of her fighting Mother Brain, but with Super Metroid graphics. This is a really uh, a Sakamoto Metroid thing. I mean, they always recap in the manual, but now they're definitely recap and uh, re-showing scenes in every every Metroid. Nintendo doesn't usually do this. No, in, in fact, no. they don't have ongoing stories like this. They're kind of allergic to it. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. In the middle of, uh, like, Nintendo's still basically a toy company, and they treat their video games like toys, but Sakamoto's trying to tell a cohesive, cogent narrative across the entire it series. It goes to pieces. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's Samus narrating. This yes. is the first instance of direct narration by Samus. Yes. Sakamoto, the director, first thing he does is have Samus narrate the intro for three minutes. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> what Monica means to say here is it is an indicator of how things may go in future, which you'll see a little bit more of. Well, you saw it in Zero Mission already, but wait till you play Fusion, Crystal. Okay. Oh, I... Monica's taking umbrage. She's already taking umbrage. No, no, that's not what I was... I was going to say that um, she definitely probably would have mentioned, you know, Zebus's connection to her if there was one. That's true. But did Sa- was Sakamoto involved with the manga at all? Yes. What? Okay, why is it not mentioned? That's so weird. Well, the manga... Oh, the, the Super Metroid manga? Oh, the Super Metroid manga, I don't know. Let us check. Uh, keep, keep going on while we check this, Crystal. I next fought the Metroids on their homeworld, SR388. I completely eradicated them except for a larva, which after hatching followed me like a confused child. Flashback: Samus finding larva in Super Metroid graphics. There's the uh, the maternal instincts. So, they do yeah. make they do make it bouncy and squishy. It is very squishy and bouncy and very cute, and it has a very cute sound that it makes. I personally delivered it to the Galactic Research Station at Ceres, so scientists could study its energy-producing qualities. I wouldn't call them energy-producing exactly. It's uh, it's very efficient at extracting. You know, I, Crystal, would you agree that this game absolutely can't be canon with the Samus of Samus Returns? Because she wouldn't simply dispassionately deliver it to the Saris research station like this? Oh, I, I would hope so. <laughs> you know? What if it, uh, she it, got paid? To, to hand over this little thing that helped her fight the devil. What if she sincerely believes in for the uh, improvement of the galaxy and or, you know, she doesn't know how to raise it. It's her sidekick. It's a little baby. It's a little baby. What's she going to feed it? Batteries. Metroids can't eat batteries. 
They super can, actually. You have to feed it a little chick, like in Fable. Oh. <laughs> well, one, they super can eat batteries. But two, yeah, people feed mice to their snakes all the time. What's a Metroid but a flying snake? Uh... Nothing, no difference. It's just a flying snake. The thing is, we don't really see Metroid scavenge the dead, do we? Um, no, I suppose not. They got to be a those, living mouse. Those mice were alive at some point. In, in Zero Mission, when you first encounter uh, the Metroids in Turian, aren't they like hovering over like a dead space pirate? Oh, Monica, you meant the Nintendo Power comic. This I have read. Yeah, Old Bird is there. But yeah, the first time you run into some Metroids, they are, in fact, mobbing a dead uh, pirate. Okay. It's not clear if Sakamoto's involved. This thing. Well, she delivers it, the squishy baby Metroid in a tube to a scientist man with white hair. And he, <laughs> he very gently and gingerly shakes Samus's armored hands. Yeah. So that he is not crushed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think also it makes sense if, you know, Samus doesn't feel, she feels something for it, but not, you know, a super maternal blah, blah. Oh, you're it. wrong, though. You're super wrong. I... Uh, that I, I like, it has to be terrifying to be around Samus at this point, right? Like, she single-handedly stopped the space pirates, and she also wiped out a whole species of which a single individual could wipe out an entire planet. Like, being in the same room as her has to be deeply frightening. She hasn't blown up any planets yet. Sure, but I mean, like, the potential for violence that she embodies in her armor, which she's never outside of, is it, it, it's, it's just enormous. Yeah, I think it is an interesting characterization of Samus that she is delivering this in her armor. She has her gun arm attached! <laughs> you can't very well unattach it, which is why she's shaking with her left hand. Yes! Poor squishy baby. Samus does not put on the shorts for the Sarah scientists. No. Doesn't doesn't want to make him feel uh, not threatened. No, no. She, she She's like, I'm getting paid, right? I am paid. And they're like, you're paid. And she's like, that's good. I'm glad that you did that. Here's a monster. <laughs> the scientists' findings were astounding. They discover that the powers of the Metroid might be harnessed for the good of civilization. Not humanity, civilization. Uh, now, I, I'm not sure what Samus thinks this would entail, because to me that sounds like we're going to hook up a battery to the Metroid and keep it in a tube for the rest of its life. Uh-huh, yeah, it's just going to be a little perpetual battery monster. It's not even getting into the, uh, maybe this might be used for, like, war or military purposes. Yeah, this, this version of Samus seems very naive to me. For me, it's a very mercantile. Mercenary? Mercenary? Mercenary, I think. Bounty hunter. Like she's not concerned about it so long as she gets paid? Yeah. She's a cold motherfucker then. Satisfied that all was well, I left the station to seek a new bounty to hunt. But I had hardly gone beyond the asteroid belt when I picked up a distress signal. Now this is interesting because Samus, it seems like she stayed there for a while to make sure everything is on the up and up. Yeah. It also okay. seems like the space pirates were just waiting for her to leave. That's very <laughs> true. I mean, I wouldn't fuck with her. Okay, so so maybe she sticks around to make sure that the Metroid is being well treated. Like they take it out and they give it its scratches and make sure that it has little treats. What indication do we have about her staying around? 
Well, see, because they discovered all this stuff before she left. Because as soon as she left, it's like, oh, yeah. no. But it's like, I had the thing over, and then the scientists are like, yeah, this thing's cool. The findings were okay. astounding. Okay. This implies yeah, she that she was satisfied that all was well after the findings were astounding. So okay. it's not like she just dropped it off and left. She stuck around to watch them at least make their like initial experiments. That's fair. Made sure that all of the little electrodes they put on it were non-invasive and using low-tack <laughs> adhesives. Oh. It's like, mm. It's very cute. It doesn't shock it. It just gets like the little things on there like when you're getting a sleep test done. Yeah. But Sarah Station was under attack. Yeah. By the space pirates. Like she left and then immediately it's like, all right. And we have that this classic late SNES cutscene stuff where they do a lot of sprite transformation. Oh, it's so good. Just just the shot of her ship flying toward the station is so fine. And then we're actually on Sarah's station. And Shit's fucked. There's no one here. Except Everybody's dead. I mean, there's not even dead bodies, it's just empty. Until until you make your way into the chamber where the baby used to be. In which case, there's quite a few dead bodies and a lot of blood on the ground, actually. It's the intro screen. Yeah. It's or the, I guess the intro screen was shortly thereafter. Yeah. Th- this mirrors the intro screen, only the baby's gone. Yes. And yes, I'm going to call it the baby a lot. Sometimes I'll call it the hatchling. We're ten years past Other M. I can't be fucked. Don't worry about it. Um, Ridley is waiting in the room where he laid the the baby's tube as a trap for Samus to appear so that he could fight her and lose. <laughs> fight her and lose or fight her and, and win? Well, I mean... It's variable, I think, how He flees ends. from her in any case. Yes. How he appears from the background is just great. Yeah, it's like the eyes first, right? Like the yes. Cheshire Cat. Yeah. It's a very cool fade-in attack. This this game did have some very cool mood stuff going with the way that they introduced a lot of characters and environments. Yeah. He does flee his ass off. Sure does. The space station explodes for no good reason. Yes. Well, I'm sure that the space pirates did that. Sure. All the Federation knowledge of the infant Metroid is lost alongside the space station. That's funny. Except that's not really true based on fusion. Right. So were they... Did they have fucking backups that they had? Well, no, I'm, like... I'm sure they could send it over the internet to other stations. It's also not clear where Fusion's Metroid research was coming from. That's fair, I suppose. But that invalidates a lot of the presumed stuff. Okay, you know what? It doesn't matter. No, that's getting into zero... Uh, into No, no, I'm just talking about Fusion. Okay. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It okay. doesn't matter. Because Fusion doesn't exist in the context no. of this game. No. So, and... When Samus sees Ridley leave, she's like, oh, I know where you are, motherfucker. And she follows him. And the next thing she does is fly her transforming sprite ship straight back to Zebas. Just right back to his house. She's like, you were dead a week ago, but now you're not. How do we feel about Ridley coming back? Where the fuck did he come from? Where did he come from, Crystal? And how do you reconcile this with Metal Ridley? Um, You don't. <laughs> uh, you don't. It, I. Okay, so they've tried to like... I think that Meta Ridley was an attempt to reconcile the gap between the first Metroid and Super Metroid. Like, even back in Metroid Prime, they were going like, oh, here's why Ridley was able to come back. Because they, they got p- gathered up his corpse pieces and made him into a cyborg, and he spent 
a long while healing, and then by the time Super Metroid comes around, he's all better, and then you fight him again. But Super Metroid, it's like, no, he's just back, and there's no explanation for it. Samus doesn't even seem, like, that surprised that he's back? No. No. But also didn't prepare for this at all? No. Also, Zeb is, is completely rebuilt. Yes, it, it's got all, a lot of the same areas with a few new ones tacked on. It was fun to go through areas and be like, hey, I recognize this. Yeah, this was in Zero Mission. <laughs> well, that's what it is. Okay, so the first thing that you do when you land on Zebus is get used to your controls in a wider environment. But then you're funneled down into what is basically old Turian. You go over the spot where you you drop down through the shaft that you originally escaped from. You walk your way backward through the tunnel that ends in the fight with Mother Brain. You step over the part where Mother Brain originally died and then make your way to the far end of Old Turian. And I forget exactly what you do in there. I don't know. You make your way down into parts of Criteria and get the Morph Ball, I think. Morph Ball first. Yeah, you yeah. go left to get As the God Morph intended. Ball. God intended. You get the morph ball, you might do some more exploring, but there comes a certain time when you have to go back up through it. And when you're traveling back through Turian, because up to this point you've only seen wild animals, as you're going back through old Turian, the space pirates come out. And this is the first series introduction of the Zebesians. Why are they Zebesians? What do we make of the Zebesians? Well, they're the native people of, of Zebes. Do tell. Uh, why else would they be called Zebesians? What an interesting question. Monica, do you have an explanation for this? Uh, according to Sakamoto, uh-huh. uh, the space pirates that took over Zebes and or, I guess, colonized it, then just started calling themselves Zebesian space pirates. As a specific way to reference how uh, white colonialists who took over North America called themselves Americans. Yes, thereafter. like Americans, yeah. is Sakamoto. I think that... He didn't think very much about this, and then when asked by an interviewer afterwards, he was like, uh... <sighs> Monica doesn't actually like that very much, but I actually like it quite a lot. Which the part of it? The idea that these conquerors would refer to themselves as indigenous peoples. Sure. No, I like it when thought is applied to it, rather than no thought. <laughs> you could do something good accidentally. Okay. In a lot of ways... The story of Super Metroid is almost as thin as the storytelling in Zero Mission or whatever, except that there's actually quite a bit of lore laid into the environments. What Go do you on. mean? Well, I mean, just the fact that you start off going through Old Turian establishes that in Super Metroid, the original Metroid did happen. Mm -hmm. Mother Brain was fought and was killed and is now back. This isn't a remake. This is a remakequel. Yes, it's a remakequel, yes. Oh my god. I, I, Has that word been used before? No. That's what Metal Gear Solid is. It is much like Metal Gear Solid. Fair. Yes. Okay. But no, I've never heard that word anywhere. I was trying to think, would it be funnier if I said remakequel? But no, remakequel captures the whole thing. But it's not a remakequel of Metroid released on 1986 for the Famicom Disk System. It is Go a on. it is a remakequel of an alternate first Metroid as portrayed in the intro to this game. What's different about it? Uh, uh, Ridley. That's true, I suppose. Chozos. Also true. Samus. 
Yeah, it is. It also all different timelines because Samus is girl in this one. Um, I feel like there is a lot of environmental storytelling, a lot of boss storytelling. Yeah, that too. Honestly, like each boss has a story. It does. The essential premise of Super Metroid is very similar to the essential premise of the original Metroid, and that you need to get down into New Turian. And in order to get down into New Turian, you have to defeat Mother Brain's lieutenants, who have graduated from being two to the four devas of the Space Pirates. I really like their giant security system statue. Yeah. It's very pretty. Speedrunners hate it. Do they? No. It's fine. <laughs> Krakemeyer and Dragon are like the fucking... Well, Krakemeyer almost looks like how Ridley was originally drawn in the first manual. Right. They're... they're... Like, Kraid is already the second banana to to Ridley. <laughs> sure. And nobody remembers Dragon or Crocomire. Funny you say that. There's people... Now that now that Kraid got brought back, there's people asking for Crocomire to come back. The funny thing is, Crocomire is not one of the four devas. Right, yes. It's the, Fantoon. There's, there's even more forgotten. Ridley, Kraid, Fantoon, and Dragon. And the sub-bosses, including Krokemeyer and, um... God, there's another one who seems like they would be one of the four Davis, but isn't. That doesn't matter. Botacoon? Bot... I can't make out my handwriting. Uh, this this is such a Bot common something. problem. <laughs> Space... No, Spore Spawn. <laughs> um, no, Kratos uh, and Brinstar. Probably the first one most people would encounter. There is a uh, dead person outside of his door. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Like when when now? I don't I, later. Maybe now. I guess. Okay. This is uh, Armstrong. Uh, <laughs> Armstrong. What's his name? Stretch Armstrong. Uh, it has been so long since I've read the Nintendo Power comic. Justin Bailey. Yeah, it's Justin Bailey. There is a some person in armor outside of Craig's lair who is dead and covered in bugs. And uh, yeah, people have been theorizing about who this is literally since the game came out, and there's no answer to anything. No. It's just for the environment. It's just there to be spooky. It's not any of the mentioned researchers or Galactic Federation forces or whatever, though. Because those were all on SR-388. Right. Did, well, they sent uh, a team to attack Zebes before they sent in Samus. That was that was quite a while ago at this point. I mean, how long ago was it? Looks- um, I, get, I guess it's hard to say. So long that there could not possibly be a body here? Surely they would clean it up, though. They built the whole <laughs> fortress. Well, unless they like it there. I I thought you were going to say that he kind of looks juicy still. He does look a little juicy. He's still dripping, I guess. What a nasty thing to say. Uh, adventure or another bounty hunter? Juicy. Oh, my God. How else would you describe that? Uh, fair enough, I guess. So, 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 so Okay. So the thing is, in, in Brinstar, you're in Brinstar, and Brinstar is where Kraid lives. And here's the first part where Super Metroid gets fucked up. Because you got to remember, Zero Mission wasn't around for this. So in the first Metroid, there's two Kraids. There's the fake Kraid and the real Kraid. But they're both basically Kraid. And they're both about the same size. The difference between them is the damage that they take and the attacks that they do. But in Super Metroid, you meet little baby Kraid, which is about the same size as Samus. Same size as the original Kraid. For all intents and purposes, it's original Kraid. And you go, alright, it's time to go fight the real Kraid. And then you fight the real Kraid, and he's like... A miniature kaiju, basically. Like, he's easily 60 or 70 feet tall. And he's like, you have to do some platforming to get up there and shoot him in the mouth. Because he doesn't take damage anywhere else. And it's like, what? what is this Kraid? 
this this is the super crate of the Super Metroid game, I suppose. But like, what do we make of the fact that he's so different compared to what he was before? Well, Ridley's also bigger. Ridley is quite a bit bigger, but not to the same degree that Kraid is. Uh, they they juice them up with Metroid juice. Oh, I see. That was a big benefit for galactic civilization. <laughs> uh, you could interpret this as being, oh, you know, this this shows that there are there there are always cloning programs for the bosses of the space pirates. Uh, fake Kraid is just another clone of Kraid, and then there's there's a big one. That's just big for no particular reason. It's big to be strong, to be a good boss. Okay, so it's a it's an enhanced clone. Yes, just like Metal Ridley. Who cloned him? Uh, Mother Brain, but where'd she come from? Where did Mother Brain come from? Yeah, I wonder. The, that's where it all falls apart, is Mother Brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of questions about Mother Brain, and in Super Metroid, we haven't got any answers, I don't think. Okay, so we kill Kraid. And we get some items, as, as you do. As you do. I think the issue with Mother Brain 2 is that, according to some lore, it is the operating mind and everything else falls apart without her there. So if she did blow up, nobody could replace her because they wouldn't know. Right. They're incapable of higher functioning. Zero Mission refutes that, I feel. Yeah, that's why it's not compatible. <laughs> right. Now, where the fuck did Mother Brain come from? Unless she was rebuilt by the non-Zebesian space pirates from Metroid Prime. There are non-Zebesian space pirates here. They're listed in the manual, actually. But where, where are they from? Uh, let's see here. Uh, Crystal, would you turn to page 34 of the manual and read the description of the second enemy on here? Yes, space pirates dash key hunters. These creatures are pirates from another galactic system who helped rebuild Zebes. When they lose their wings, they spit powerful acid. Oh, these guys are space pirates? Okay. Yeah, I was really confused too, right? They don't seem like space they don't pirates. Seem like space pirates. They, they seem like animals. I okay, I guess they're the other the Zebesians are kinda of crustacean. These guys are more insectoid. Um, sure. I guess yeah, they rebuilt Zebes and Mother Brain. Maybe they have their own mother brain. I mean, the Zebesian space pirates are still here, so clearly they're not all dead. But they weren't in the first Metroid, so why would they be dead? Samus never fought them. It's like they're a new force in the space pirates that didn't exist before now. So maybe the Zebesian space pirates were on vacation, and then Mother Brain was controlling uh, the, the native fauna of Zebes, such as Ridley and Kraid. And those acted as the bosses of the space pirates. Oh. But then the Zebesians came back and were like, oh, no. <laughs> and then they called their cousins from another galactic system. Because I guess this is an intergalactic civilization. Uh, and they helped them rebuild. It's starting to come together. Monica, do you have any notes on Brinstar or whatever? Uh, nothing major. It really is down to the actual bosses. Okay, okay, so what comes after Brinstar? Because I, I think that it's Upper Norfair, but I, I don't know for sure. I've only noted the names of the bosses. Oh, okay, well, what comes after Kraid? Um, I don't think this is the proper order either. <laughs> what? what uh, mm, I'm going to look at the manual. Uh, it, the manual uh, has a pretty good indication. Sure, but the thing about Super Metroid is you could come at it through nearly any order. And I think that's the issue when I went through, you know, the different wiki pages and whatnot. You can come at it under basically any order. 
Okay, we'll, we'll pretend that you go to Norfair next. We'll, we'll say that this is like the original Metroid up to this point, and you go to Upper Norfair after Brinstar, and you fight Crocomire, who's this big, rotund guy that you have to shoot in the mouth. This this game loves giving you enemies that you have to shoot in the mouth with missiles. Crystal, what did you make of Crocomire? He looked like a big crocodile with a bunch of eyes. That's true. What did you make of how he died? Why is, why is he, like, fucking... <laughs> why does he die like that crystal tell the <laughs> listeners how he dies he 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 melts uh-huh disintegrates not like not like cartoony melting either like his skeleton remains but his flesh sloughs off of him that's like kind of horrific and while he's still screaming it sloughs off of him and it's like then he sinks down and you move away from him. And if you pay attention, you can actually see bubbles moving at the bottom of the screen to indicate that something's moving beneath the platform that you're on. And as you're about to leave, his skeleton smashes through the wall that you were about to go past. And then it just collapses because he's just bones down. And then he's dead. And it is easily and by far the most gruesome death of anything in a Nintendo game. I kind of yelled because I wasn't good at fighting Procomire, you have to consistently hit it. Yeah. Because the point is to push it into the lava. Right. And if you miss, then it makes headway back towards you. Right. Anyway, that was a very fraught battle. And then it died. And then I was like, well, thank God, I'm nearly dead. And then it jumped out and I was like, fuck. She's just screaming. And then it fell apart and that was great. I feel bad for Crocomire. Justice for Crocomire. <laughs> Nobody deserves to go out like that. Rakamaru's not even a boss. He's just the mini boss. He's just yep. sitting there. All he does is sit there. I- I've pulled up a walkthrough generally. Um, there's a bomb Terizo. Do we want to talk about the Terizo? Oh, right. Yeah, you have to fight a Chozo statue. What are they? They're Chozo statues. Why are you fighting them? They're Why are they fighting you? To, to, to determine your worth, I guess. To access bombs? Yeah. Or maybe it misidentifies you. Or maybe it's just in defense mode. Are they the same statues as they were in the first Metroid? I don't know. What do you think, Crystal? I think they're just attacking intruders. I don't think they recognize Samus. That's fair. Because she's not a Chozo in this game. (laughs) Oh, shit. That might be right. But she, she can still use all of their tech. But that's because of her special power armor that just steals... Uh, the life force of her foes, which includes these ancient Chozo statues. That's correct, yes. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm getting it now. Uh, are they, like, I guess there were just several bomb power-ups? What do you mean? From Compared to, like, from Metroid to Super Metroid. Was the bomb in Metroid? Yeah, I think so. Maybe not. I don't fucking know. Why I don't care. Why didn't Samus get the super bomb in Metroid 1? It's a good question. I guess she couldn't find that come hither statue. This is the fucking link between worlds of Metroid. Ooh. <laughs> so it's the sequel to the Twilight Princess of Metroid. <laughs> yeah, but you can't reconcile. It's singular in its depiction of the lore. Uh, yeah, that's definitely true. Um, uh, you do fight a spore spawn, which is not particularly interesting. No. Uh, then you get to Kraid. You fight Kraid. And then I... Guessing Lower Norfair? Yeah, Norfair after that. Right. And then after that, I think it might be the wrecked ship, actually. Yeah, because the gravity suit's there. Do you need a gravity suit before you go fight Dragon? Uh, it'd be nice of you to. 
Okay, sure. I'm sure speedrunners have done it without it. Okay, so I think that in some ways the wrecked ship might be the most interesting location in Super Metroid. Let me, for let me read from the manual here because there's a lot of interesting lines. Please. The wrecked ship has been shot down by the floating ghost, Fantoon. Covered. These souls of shipwrecked creatures turn into evil spirits that wrap themselves around intruders. Work robots. These robots were built by ancient man to service the inside of the ship. Since the crash, they have gone completely haywire. And Fantoon, the boss of the wrecked ship. The ghost of the ship taps into the vicious brainwaves of the mother brain and attacks adventurers with deadly plasma. Now... Something of note here is that the Japanese description of Fantoon is actually slightly different. Namely, Fantoon is described as the incarnation of the psychic powers of Mother Brain. What? In the Japanese. What? Yeah. I mean, it kind of looks like a brain. It does look like like a brain brain. with one eye. As Mother Brain do. What do you make of Fantoon, Crystal? Well, that actually offers some explanation for how Mother Brain could come back because her psychic ghost simply rebuilt her. That would make sense. But is it a new individual that was made? Yeah, it's like a heartless. Okay, so Fantoon, the original Mother Brain, rebuilt, or rather created Mother Brain 2. Yeah, have you listened to Eidolon? That happens to Eidolon. (laughs) That makes sense. It makes sense that Luke would do that. Like Fantoon. Like Fantoon. <laughs> Luke Speed Racer Eidolon, well-known Super Metroid enjoyer, and Fantoon Stan. I, I see that Mother Brain is a being with a complex ontology. What does that mean? Well, she's Mother Brain, but she's also Fantoon, but she's also Mother Brain too. That's true. God. Okay, so Fantoon could redesign Mother Brain to be even more vicious than the previous one. And the body. And the body, too. We'll get to it. What do you make of, of the robots being built by ancient man? I think that that's probably not a very good translation, because it's pretty clear this is supposed to be like a Chozo ship, right? The robots Chozo doesn't statu- look that Chozo to me. If it wasn't for the one Chozo statue in there, I, would, I wouldn't say it was particularly Chozo. Okay. Do, okay. In that case, do we think that the Rex ship was brought down... And it was trying to, like, research some Chozo artifacts or something. But the and Chozo brought... haven't been gone for that long. Well, apparently Maybe... this game they have. <laughs> You're right. You're super right. Maybe the wrecked ship went down so long ago, then the Chozo went in and they explored the wrecked ship and they installed their shit there. That's also a possible explanation. Because the rest of the wrecked ship doesn't look like that. The statue. And Crystal, I just want to emphasize again, you're super right that the Chozo have been gone for a long time in this game. Fuck, I forgot about that. This game's lore is a mess. It's not canon, that's what I said. <laughs> and after you after you beat Fantoon, you can go find that same statue, and it'll take you through the field of spikes down to a stack of magic pancakes, which gives you the gravity suit. So that exploring Meridia is less painful. Crystal, what did you think of the underwater area Meridia while you were playing through the game? Underwater area is always the worst areas in every video game. And does does that hold here? The music is delightful. Yeah, the music's all right. I just, I don't, when a game is about movement, I don't like having my movement restricted by water. And obviously the gravity suit makes that better, but... 
I'd rather just have a normal area. Yeah, that makes sense. Meridia is a slog based on the last time I played this game back in, like, July. There are beings called the Mocktroids, failed attempts at Metroid clones. I guess the they were shooting them with alpha rays or something? What, what the fuck happened? Maybe not the right amount of beta rays. Maybe they were trying to more traditionally clone them rather than beta ray clone them. Oh. Like they were trying to do DNA style cloning so they could mess with the genome song. That would make sense to me. Yeah. I'm going to have to leave in the long silence as Monica <laughs> stares at me. Uh, Dragon? What? Crystal, what do you make of Dragon? This is a fish dragon. <laughs> That's very it's true. A stupid head. Dragon looks like if if you you don't you don't like it screaming skull crest no dragon looks like it you could boil it and and in some salty water and it would be delicious it would turn red I would crack it open just think of that that shrimpy slightly crawfishy lobster taste <laughs> you just named three things well, very you sound like a metroid. I do not. Sound like a what? I like a Metroid. Just talking about like, mm, maybe so delicious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, this is Monica, though. She is like that about everything. I, I, you know, with The Last of Us, I would consider eating the, the, the mushrooms. Yeah. And once you cook them thoroughly, um, Monica would eat the human cordyceps some butter. fungus. Same with Dragon. Some with, butter. Same with Dragon. Same with the head crabs from Half Life. Oh, you really gotta you gotta you gotta put that thermometer in there though. You make gotta make <laughs> sure gotta, that's cooked. You gotta make sure that hits at least 180 <laughs> degrees. Just boil it for a bit. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> then slice it. Then boil it for at least an hour. No, you boil it inside of the shell. No, we're talking about the human cordyceps fungus. Oh yeah. I don't know about that one. You have to <laughs> carefully, but... Very carefully. Crystal, I can't believe that you don't like the fact that Dracon's shell has screaming skull faces all over it. I'm just mad at playing an underwater level. But you're right, it does have screaming skull faces on its forehead. <laughs> you're right that it's a stupid looking head. Did you? How did you kill Dracon? Did you kill it the normal way? Wait, what's the not the normal way? Okay. Hold on. Let's find the video for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, go I'm going to send it to you, and then you can describe it, okay? All right. Okay, Crystal, I'm going to send this video to you, and I'd like you to uh, narrate it for all the people at home. I'm going to put it in line. Super Metroid Dragon Grappling Beam, okay. Yeah, Samus, Samus is dropping in, shooting the missiles. Uh -huh, there's the guys shooting them. Little babies. I bet they taste delicious. Yeah. Because bigger lobsters get a bit tougher. Right. So Drake, Dragon's Your Dragon, the big man's here. Samus is a morph ball. She's got slime attached to her. She's getting picked up by Dragon. She's shooting the grappling beam out. And, uh, wait. She grappled one of the grapple points and impaled Dragon on some pipes. Uh, what happens is the electricity courses through Samus and into Dragon. It damages her, too. It damages her, but damages Dragon a lot more. So you hook the grapple beam into the electricity and shock Dragon to death. Oh. It can be done on the other side of the room, too. Oh, that's sick. I know. I think I discovered this naturally while playing, too, and it was really rad. And then the little babies come. Dragon's not a very good fight. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I think that all the boss fights in Super Metroid are really bad. <gasps> except Kraid, ironically. 
What about Krakenmeier? <laughs> Not great. I no, but also Ridley, like it's, fine. it's just a missile fight. It's not great. I love that. I know that you like it because you can build up enough health and missiles to just point at him and click until he's dead. Uh-huh. That's not good design though. He's a poo poo boss. <laughs> at what point do you think that Metroid's bosses improve? Um, the Prime games and the Mercury Steam games, actually. I knew you'd say that. I, I d- I defy you to tell me that I'm wrong. And what's the interesting lore about Dragon, Monica? You can kill it <laughs> with electricity. The water type weak to electricity. You're so right. You're super right, girl. Know your Pokemon <laughs> matchups. So, Crystal, after you kill Dragon, you go down to Lower Norfair, right? Uh huh. And Lower Norfair is where you finally find Ridley that. Baby stealing piece of shit. The only one of these bosses that seems like he's like he can think. Yeah. Yeah, the other ones don't seem very intelligent. I mean, one's a ghost. Fantoon might have something, but Ridley actually seems to have agency in the narrative. More than Mother Brain even. You shoot Ridley. How did you find the Ridley fight, Crystal? Uh I think the the way you do the sprite transformations is neat. True. As you said, sides in this game, not that interesting. Yeah. He d- he does have the Angerous roar from the Godzilla movies. He does have that. In fact, they took a lot of kaiju roars for the bosses in this game. The roars were great. So you kill Ridley, and in the room past him, there's the jar that the baby Metroid was in when Ridley stole the baby, but it's broken. Oh no, Ridley ate it. And the baby is gone. Oh no. So you gotta go to Turian, because killing Ridley was the last thing you had to do in most playthroughs. To open the statue and go down into Turian. Uh-huh. There's Metroids down there. There are Metroids down there. Are these and clones of the baby? Pro- pro- maybe. They could be clones of the baby or clones of the first Metroid that they stole back in Metroid 1. But why would they steal the hatchling if they had their own? To be mean. To piss off Samus or she come and blow up their place again? I... Okay, look, I know that it makes... It's Occam's Razor suggests that they're clones of the baby, right? Mm-hmm. When we see the baby again, I would suggest that it is categorically different from these other Metroids that we're fighting. But I thought Samus was supposed to have killed all the other Metroids. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, when you expose a Metroid to beta rays, it splits in two. Right. So... If they had used the beta ray process, the baby wouldn't be there anymore. It'd be two more other Metroids. So what are you suggesting? I guess they did do cl- traditional cloning. On the baby? Yes. But the, the love for Samus did not carry over. I no. guess not. Yeah, they didn't imprint. Because you, you definitely have to freeze and kill these. Did you know that you can actually kill them without freezing them? But it takes three power bombs per Metroid? <laughs> Wow. That's a lot of firepower to kill one creature. It's too many. Did you find the Metroids difficult to fight in this one, Crystal? Uh, not if you freeze them. That's fair. Okay, so you fight your way past all the Metroids and you think to yourself, Ah, everything good now. Now it is time to face Mother Brain, as in the original Metroid. But you are not playing the original Metroid fighting Metroids. You are playing Super Metroid. And it is time for you to meet the Super Metroid. It is the Super Metroid. It is the Super Metroid. It is the Super Metroid. Uh, You are in some uh, rather alarming rooms where you think 
there are enemies and, and, and even a giant Terizo. And they are all dead. They're dusty. They're not, yeah. They're Thanos. This shit is way before Thanos did his snappy thing in the MCU film, uh, whichever one. But uh, it's like you're going through here and everything has been drained by something. You go near enemies and they turn to dust. Shit in the background has been turned to dust. The ground has been turned to dust. The baby has gone berserk. And it is hungry. It is big hungry. It is so hungry that I can't believe that the other Metroids were based on this creature. I can believe it. Back in the day, Crystal, part of the reason that Monica got so upset about the baby Metroid is that she assumed that it got big because they were mean to it and experimented on it. Yeah. Crystal, what do you think? Why is this baby so big? I think it's it's just been ravenously eating. Oh. Yeah, see, that's how I thought, too. It's just the Super Metroid. I, I felt a bit better after that explanation because that just meant that it ate a lot. Uh-huh. But that might still it's be a big. consequence of its mistreatment because they didn't feed it. <laughs> that Yeah, it was so hungry because they hadn't been feeding it. Um... But they didn't. Do... But it didn't feed on everything. Yeah, so. it's it's Maybe a it was they a very did not hung... teach it portion control. It was a very hungry caterpillar, but now it feels much better. It's so big. It's so big. And then it 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 jumps at Samus and feeds on her, it, but it recognizes at the last moment, and it's like horrified, and it runs away. It's like oh no, oh no, oh jeez, oh oh, and it leaves. Apparently, you can dodge this if you're a speedrunner. Yes. But it's like a little bit difficult. Uh, it's apparently one of the hardest things to do in the entire run. But it, it needs to be outlined that the, the baby's reintroduction comes from you running into a particular type of uh, dark-colored hopper enemy, which takes more damage than any other enemy in the game, including some of the bosses. And you're like, oh, I have to fight this fucking thing in a room this small? And then the baby jumps on it, and it's dead in four seconds. And it's like, oh... Oh. Tasty. Shit. And then the baby jumps on you. You're down to one health. You have one energy left before the baby realizes what it's done. Oh, mama. No. I have done bad to mama. And it leaves. Luckily, there's a healing station. That's good. I guess they set one up because, you know. Okay, Monica, you need to leave now so we can talk about the end of the game. (laughs) You have been examining my face repeatedly to see my reaction. The chief reason that I can't get like too attached to the baby Metroid when I play through it, I played it by myself in July, so I know that I'm just not super attached to it in the first place. But even then, I was preoccupied thinking, how would Monica react to this? Because it's like, this shit destroys Monica. Look, Sakamoto and I have similar touch points on this issue. I, I know. I guess. We all love the jellyfish. Crystal also loves the jellyfish. Not in the same way, but we all love the jellyfish. Do you, Crystal? Um. <laughs> from it's a, from it's Sa- a jellyfish. From Samus Returns, we all love the jellyfish. I like that jellyfish. Mm. It's very squishy. It's the same jellyfish, Crystal. It just goes See, in, in Samus Returns, they, they had a little adventure together. Whereas <laughs> Metroid 2, I just left the planet. That's true. Yep. The little jellyfish. It's good jellyfish, though. It's very squishy. It's not squishy no more. It's very big. Uh. So, an interesting thing about Mother Brain is that she's she's hooked up to these things called the Zebatites, which are like 
life veins that feed her energy from the core of the planet itself. It's like an infinite source of energy for her, which sounds... Oh, you're saying some sort of planetary aeon energy? Yeah, basically, I guess. But not enough to mutate the Metroid. No. Um, there are kind of pipes in the wrecked ship that kind of look like Zebatites. That's inter- That's very interesting, actually. Huh. I wonder what that would mean. I don't know. Yeah, no one knows. With the Zebet- with the Zebesians, with- it was their crash ship. That's how they got here. Oh, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? So it's like the other spacecraft ship, and then they parked their, their new ship right beside their previous wrecked ship. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Uh, you fight Mother Brain. You you crack open that jar. And you shoot it. You shoot it. And it's like, arg. And then the room, like, expands. And it turns out the brain has a big dinosaur body. That's a pretty big twist. It is actually a pretty big twist. This is the super mother brain. That's, that was the style at the time. Yeah, the brain has, like, a face in the way it doesn't in Zero Mission or even, I think, the flashback in the opening to this game. Yeah, yeah you are super right. And certainly doesn't look like the Famicom version. No, no, no. It has a lot of spikes sticking out of it for a brain and a mouth. I can't recall the body exactly. Is it like a giant T-Rex? Mechanical T-Rex? It's sort of like that, yeah. It almost looks like the Omega Metroid. It's kind of reminiscent of it. It may well be based on that to a certain degree. Maybe it's based off of, or if you go by a timeline, what they did for Ridley. Sure. Well, that's not the case in Super Metroid, though. Right. I could definitely see it being based on an Omega Metroid through the lens of Super Metroid. But you can't kill Mother Brain in this form. You can fight it, but at some point she uses an... Brain Beam. Brain Beam. She Brain Blasts you. Like in her favorite cartoon show, Jimmy Neutron. Monica never watched Jimmy Neutron. No. Crystal, it's totally a psychic attack. Crystal though. might not have seen Jimmy Neutron. I I, that, I'm familiar with James Neutron. Okay, making sure. We all know Jimbo, except Monica. Uh, so she she brain blasts you, and then she brain blasts you again and takes you down to one health. And then as she's gearing up to blast you for the final time and give you a game over and send you back to the start of Turian, the big baby Super Metroid is like, Mama! and it attacks Mother Brain. And Mother Brain is like, ah, ah, get it off me. Get it off me. And it just keeps sucking and sucking it's and like sucking. It's like a giant hat. Yeah, it's like a big hat on the Mother Brain. And the Mother Brain turns all gray and shit. And the baby's like, all right, we're good now. And drops Mother Brain and goes over and starts refilling Samus's energy. But the thing about Mother Brain being hooked up to the Zebatites, which are feeding her an endless supply of energy, is that unless you knock her down and knock her into dust... She comes back. And that's exactly what happens. While the baby Metroid is healing Samus, Mother Brain gets up. And then Crystal, I can't describe this part because it'll fuck up Monica. You have to do it. Well, the the Mother Brain gets up and shoots at the baby Metroid while it's healing Samus. And the Metroid shell starts cracking and eventually it dies protecting Samus. But it gives Samus the gift of the hyper beam which allows her to finally destroy the Mother Brain. Is the Hyper Beam from Mother Brain, like, is it due to the Metroid having absorbed Mother Brain energy? That's what it feels like to me. I would say so. It's either from that or an amalgam of everything that the baby ate. This this ties into Dread. I don't think it's spoiler content in Dread because we do see 
previews of that? The Omega Beam? The, the big beamy thing. Shoot the Emmys. Uh, we'll talk about it in the Dread okay. episode. And now Mother Brain finally crumbles into dust, just like the victims of the Super Metroid. But the planet's going to blow up, so it's time to leave. It's time to leave. Is it a time bomb? Yes. Time bomb set. Get the fuck out. We forgot to mention the the animals teaching Samus how to wall jump and uh, shine spark. But they were there. <laughs> They're little monkey guys and big emu guys. And they may or may not have taught Samus how to do shine sparking and wall jumping for the first time. In Super Metroid, it seems like they probably did. But also, you can totally do it without talking to them. So maybe not. Maybe not. But you better rescue the animals or Monica will be pissed at you. <laughs> Uh-huh. Super mad. And, uh, yeah, th- then you escape the planet because it explodes. And this is the first time that Samus has escaped from a planet as it blows the fuck up. And that's Super Metroid. They improved their uh, uh, meltdown sequence. The, si- the the mission was completed. And that's the end of Super Metroid. What Halo do we make of it? such a rip-off of Metroid. <laughs> a rip-off of Metroid? Yeah, this is just like when Master Chief blows up Halo. That is... That is true. And this planet really blows up. They really use all the sprite transformations to illustrate it. Yeah, it's actually a it's pretty stunning sequence. I appreciate that they do show, like, show the animals escaping. I guess they're capable of space flight or space travel on their own because there's an extra pinprick. Or they hopped on the wrecked ship and took off in it. Capable of space oh, flight. Oh shit, maybe they're the wrecked ship. What? They're, they're the original crew of the wrecked ship. Huh. Anyway, it explodes. And that's... The, what, 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 do we, what do you make of Super Metroid's story, Crystal, as compared to the previous two entries? Oh, Super Metroid appears to be sort of like a... Like a standalone retelling of the existing two games and an additional third chapter. But I cannot really consider it to be a sequel to the first two games. So... Again, a remakeable. Yes, a remakeable, a standalone story. Well, that, I, I'm, I'm glad that we got our first remakeable done. Um, There's an interesting line in the manual about the Metroids. Go oh. on. It is said that the Metroids are life forms created by an ancient civilization. And the only other time they use that term is in reference to the wrecked ship and the Chozo statues. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Uh, huh. So, So you think that they were planting the seeds of the origins of the Metroid in this manual. Yes, I think so. Even though SR388, completely separate planet. Yes. Yeah, but there's an interesting... um, Like, Mother Brain is really powerful, absurdly powerful, apparently from the energy she's drawing from the planets. Right. Which is kind of what also happened in SR388s. True. Mm -hmm. Even though there's no X here or maybe there was and we just didn't see it but there weren't any uh metroid life cycles or mutations even though like maybe that's why the super metroid was so big because it had a ton of energy but didn't have the aeon energy to like mutate itself so it couldn't go in it could not pupate and it just kept swelling poor baby yeah i I don't know exactly what theory i have on this but it's interesting that they keep returning to the concept of planetary energy yeah that is oh i mean i don't think that the zebatites are actually in the text of super metroid i'm taking it from the manual of the original metroid 
the description of the Zebatites, which are still in Super Metroid, to be clear. Yeah. But we wouldn't understand what they are or what they represent if not for the original Metroid's manual. But there's a lot more of them in Super Metroid, right? There are, yes, quite a lot. Metroid timeline is a mess. Metroid yeah. lore is a mess. Yes. Is it weird to say that this is the messiest that it ever is? Because I think that makes sense to me. That's yeah. that's because they haven't remade this game to make it fit yet. That's true. Can, Crystal, people will be so mad if they remake this game. I'll be fine with it. <laughs> Why okay. would people be mad? Because it's not going to be the same. Everyone agrees can't break- this game controls like shit. <laughs> Oh, Crystal, don't say that on the Twitter or you'll get if yelled you at. If you disagree with that, you are officially a boomer. Wow. And it's... the definition of a boomer is someone who fought in World War One. That? They call it the Great War. That... <laughs> uh, <laughs> they call it the big one. That Yeah. It did make a boom. It, there were several booms in the, in the Great War. Yeah. Bo- boomers. You know who lost that war? Uh, Tsar Alexander II. <laughs> Nicholas II, not Alexander. Sorry, Nicholas II. That dumb motherfucker. He is so fucking stupid. Oh my god. <laughs> he had so many opportunities to not be killed by the Bolsheviks. Go on. But he was just like, it's fine. Why are you hassling me? The people love me. Don't worry about it. They. It, spoiler alert, the people didn't love him that much. Oh. The dumbest thing that Tsar Nicholas this is a this is a Tsar Nicholas the second podcast now. Okay. <laughs> the dumbest thing he ever did was the war was going badly, so he was like, you know what I need to do? I I need to go to the front lines. I need to show the people that their divine father that they 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 really believe in me as some sort of uh, agent appointed by God. So I'm gonna show them and raise morale. And then he got there, and everyone saw that he was like a nervous little dweeb. Oh, bad call. And then he left his wife to rule the country, but then Rasputin was making her do dumb shit. Rasputin? Russia's greatest love machine? Yeah, Rasputin, the lover of the Russian queen. God. So what you're saying is that Tsar Nicholas II was the original boomer. Yes, exactly. Okay. So when we say, okay, boomer, we are comparing people to Tsar Nicholas II. That's exactly what I'm saying. That is brutal that you would do that to a person. But also, it's true that Tsar Nicholas II would say that Super Metroid is the only one with good controls. That is a lot of the time what people say. There's that and also that it gives the freedom that is necessary in a Metroid to be Metroid. It's the only game that is like this. And then it stops. People are like, there hasn't been a good Metroid since Super Metroid. And it's like, Super Metroid was made in 1993-94. It came out when the first Metroid was 7 or 8 years old. And that game itself is pushing 30. If that's the last real Metroid, Metroid has been something else for a very long time. So there's no point to getting up in arms about not capturing the true spirit of Metroid. Because you're not talking about the true spirit of Metroid. You're talking about the spirit of Super Metroid, which is a very different question. I think it's going to get remade next. Do you really? Uh-huh. I think so, too. So so do we think that, like, Mercury Steam will end up remaking Super Metroid before they finally are allowed to remake Fusion like they originally asked? <laughs> yeah. I really hope they don't. I hope they just They're going to make... put the X in Super Metroid. Just, just make new Metroid games. Apparently, different uh, companies were approached to remake Super Metroid. Oh. But 
each one of them turned Sakamoto or Nintendo down because they were like, we cannot do this to Super Metroid. Right. Cowards. Well, you gotta understand, Super Metroid is one of those games that designers love a lot more than general players. But Super Metroid is also one of those games that has a million ROM hacks that change the design. Yeah, that's true. You're super right. Okay, they're huge cowards. Fuck it. I believe in Mercury's team. I think that I, I think that you'll be very very Mercury. I believe it's Mercury Steam. Okay. Uh, I think that you'll be very happy when you eventually play Metroid Dread Crystal because it feels good to control. Which it turns out like it's funny reading people play Metroid Dread for the first time, especially when they're old heads who have been around for and playing Metroid games for so long. They're like, it feels so sublime and effortless to move Samus around. It's never been like this before. What is this? Because I guess on some level, people expect Samus to move like a big clunky piece of shit. The only old heads I respect are the ones that like Metroid 2 Return of Samus, such as myself. (laughs) That's true. That is the only kind of old head that is good to be. A Metroid 2 Return of Samus stan. Do we think that the plot and or timeline potentially diverges on the option that is in the game? You mean the animals? Yes. Hmm. It's not an unreasonable spot to split it, I suppose. Okay, if you left the animals to die, you get other M. Wow. The animals, as I recall, are never mentioned in other M, but they are mentioned in Fusion. They're definitely mentioned in Fusion. There we go. That's an easy, easy timeline divergence. Now, I know that you ask people to ask you questions about Super Metroid, and I'd appreciate a link to that. But before we get into it, I do want to talk about the elephant in the room, not for this episode, but for the podcast in general, which is how we want to handle the extra episodes and when. And the only reason that I bring this up is because there's only one extra game that we need to address. Because we're talking about the mainline Metroids. the After Super and afterward, that means the Sakamoto Metroids. And I, I say this because a fuller understanding of both Fusion and Dread kind of relies on knowing what goes on in other M. Why would you do this, Cameron? So I wanted to ask the two of you, do you want to do an Other M episode before we, say, do a Dread episode? Or do you want to wait till after we're done with the first five Metroid games? I think we should do Other M after Dread. What about you, Monica? I would like to wipe Other M from the face of the universe. (laughs) I was going to suggest that we do them in release order, so we do it after Fusion. But if y'all would rather do it after Dread, then that's absolutely... I'm on board. I think release order makes sense. But then that's the question of, well, do we address the primes? No, because that's not a... Gotta understand, Dread still treats with some of the content in Other M at least a little bit. And the weirdest thing about Other M is that it has one or two pieces in it that explains parts of Super Metroid. While that may be so... uh... Metroid 5 was positioned at all times as a sequel to Metroid 4, and in none of the marketing materials did Other M show up. That's true. So clearly they did not expect me to revisit Other M. That's also true. Okay. Okay. So we, we'll see about doing another M episode maybe after Dread. Thank you, Crystal. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get the questions. I think there may be emails, too. There also are emails, yes. Simon asks, who's that dead guy in front of Craig's room? Armstrong Houston? This was an actual fan theory on Metroid Forum circa 1999. 
look up the Nintendo Power comic for who the fuck is Armstrong Houston. <laughs> Armstrong Houston is a guy wearing Chozo power armor for some reason. Uh-huh. And he wants he wants to be Samus's partner. And he he loves being a bounty hunter, but he doesn't care about destroying the space pirates. He's just in it for the money. Mm. And then he ends up uh, he ends up meeting old bird when Samus has to recuperate in old, old bird's presence. And uh, old bird tells tells him all about Samus's history. And then he's like, "Damn, there's a lot more to Samus than I thought." If Armstrong Houston exists, could Armstrong Houston be the protagonist of Metroid One? That was that, t- hmm, interesting. So it's like he goes around pretending to be Samus. Yeah, he's got Chozo armor. Why does he have Chozo armor? Yeah, why the fuck does he have? Because this isn't established as Chozo armor yet. Right. Yeah, that's why. And also, this isn't canon, so it doesn't actually matter. But yeah, in the context of the Nintendo Power comic, I suppose he could have been the actual protagonist of the first Metroid. It's just weird that there's a conspicuous dead guy there, and I feel like it has to be a reference to the first team from Metroid 1, but it's weird that, that, that they did it this specific way. Yeah. I mean, it can be Armstrong Houston, and Armstrong Houston is fucking dead, but, I mean, like, I, I, I gotta think that it's just some generic Galactic Federation police person. Yeah. Unknown. And we'll continue to never know. Mike asks, y'all seen this? And sends along the video something about Super Metroid animated speedrun. Loud sound warning. Is this is this a successor to the classic Newgrounds uh, anthology animation such as There's Something About the Matrix? No, in point of fact. Um, I mean, spiritually, yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. Have you seen this video, Crystal? I've not seen this video. It's, is there Kirby in this? Uh, yeah, Kirby's... I actually, actually, I'm not super sure. Crystal, I would recommend that you maybe, after we finish this recording, I super recommend that you watch it. Because it's pretty entertaining. Um, it's got some loud sounds in it. But it, it's good. It, it's quite funny. Does Samus yell fuck? Um, she might. I can't quite recall off the top of my head. I know that the first time she runs into Ridley, it's like she sees Ridley and the baby... And her reaction is enough to make Ridley run away on its own. And I found it very amusing. Is this the same person who did the Ditto video? I I think so, actually. That's a great video. Crystal, I'll send you the Ditto video later. You have to watch it with captions turned on, though. Okay. Crystal, will you read this one from Jasmine? Uh, Sorry, Monica, read this one from Jasmine. So I recently watched a friend play through and apparently my thought that the glass tube moment was shown in a demo was 100% false. So what do you think of knowledge gates like that and intuitive moments in games? This actually came up on Twitter like a couple of weeks, months ago. This was in July. Okay. What Jasmine is referencing here is that in Meridia, in order to open up a certain moment of progression, you need to go into a cracked glass tube and drop a power bomb, which will shatter it and allow you to access Meridia from a different direction than you did before. Crystal, what did you think of that? It's uh, it's one of those clever design tricks that make you go like, ha 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 ho. Really? Because I think it kind of stinks. You don't like it? I kind of don't, to be perfectly honest. Like, there's no hint that you can interact with the environment in that way. And some people will say like, oh, there's a shattered one elsewhere that you can take as a hint that it can be broken. But it doesn't tell you how to break it. And it's like, I don't know. I, 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 it's one of those... You know how Super Metroid has parts in it where it's like, how the fuck was I supposed to know that? 
This is uh-huh. one of those. It's more of a Famicom design. Yeah, and I respect it. This was during a time where it was expected that people would share conversations on the playground about how to get past certain parts. And then you feel very special because you're one of the people who know. Yes, or you'd get a strategy guide or things like that. Or you call the hotline. Or you call the hotline. The, the thought that it was actually covered during the intro is very pervasive. Yes, uh, many people think that during the opening demo where it shows Samus doing different things in her abilities. A lot of people imagine that this particular sequence happens in that demo. It does not. N- not in any version of it. Why do people think that? Because it's the easiest way that they can point at it and go, no, see, it's not that confusing. They show you in the demo. It's their way of defending Super Metroid. Yeah. And there are useful clips in the demo. Yes. And some of them are gated after you progress to a certain point. Right. So that's not one of them. Yeah, it's not one of them. I I don't like knowledge gates like that usually, Jasmine. Like, I have a a higher tolerance for them in games of Super Metroid's age. But if they had a moment like that in Dread, I'd be like, no, thank you. Not for me. Thinking to prime, there are glass tubes that you have to blow up and prime to, right? Yeah, but you can, like, scan scan. them. And it'll be like, you have to shoot this with this weapon. Yeah, this is definitely the false lava from the first Metroid. That false lava motherfucker. K is an array of questions. How super is it? Did you save the animals? Is it rude of Ridley to claim the boss music as his theme after this game? Or does he deserve it for being the best one? Why can't Metroid crawl? Who built that statue collection of the four bosses and why? And would you adopt a baby Metroid? Okay, we'll take these one at a time. How super is it? It's, it's super rough. It's got the Super Mother Brain and the Super Metroid in it, and it's a super remakeable. So it's like it, it it embodies everything that the word super meant in the Super Famicom era. Is it a Super Samus? Her design in the ending is pretty great. What do you mean? Sporting like a six-pack. Oh, with a tank top? Yeah. Sure, I guess. I, I think that it's very super in the sense of Super Famicom. It's trying to take the first Metroid, and it's like, no, but if we made the first Metroid now, it would be like this. Uh, do you save the animals, Crystal? you got to save the animals. Yes, you've, damn right. You've got Damn to, right. You've got to save the animals. They taught oh, you the Christ. shine spark. That, they, they taught you how to shine spark and to wall jump sometimes. Is it rude of Ridley to claim the boss music as his own theme, or does he deserve it because he's the best one? He is the best one, though. He is, that's true. He's a pirate. He he stole it. <laughs> he pirated the music. Yeah. And that's like a very space pirate thing, so they probably admired him for it. Uh, he, he was the only recurring space pirate boss for a long time. So it's not so much that he it's treated as Ridley's theme as it is the space pirate boss theme. Mm. That's less true in the Metroid Prime games. Do you think in Metroid Prime 4 there will be like a day log that's like, uh, the, the space pirates are downloading ROMs. The space pirates talking about how good the new emulators are. And yeah. then Samus is like, that's wrong. Time to die. Because she <laughs> speaks in this one. <laughs> God, we got to come up with a pithy anti-piracy one-liner, but I don't know what it would be. You wouldn't steal a space car. Download a space car. Oh, sure, yeah. I would download a space car. Fuck. Crystal, wouldn't you download a space car? 
I mean, I don't really want a space car, but I would download it for the principal and then delete it. <laughs> the insurance premiums would probably be quite high. There's no regulation around space cars. I would, why not? I would download the fuck out of a space car and then okay. explore space. Hey, why can't Metroid crawl? Well, they don't have legs. Okay, so why can't Samus Aaron the Metroid crawl? Oh, um, the suit's mobility just doesn't allow for it, I guess? I don't... Yeah, like, she can specifically crawl in Zero Mission when she's not in the suit. Maybe the arm cannon just makes it impossible. There's there's no good explanation. It's strictly a game thing. Hey, why doesn't she have the morph ball at the beginning? I... <laughs> <laughs> she can have the Metroid, too. Yeah, there's nothing, no reason why she shouldn't have all the power-ups and whatever. Yeah, from... this, this this is before they started trying to explain why she doesn't have power-ups. That started in Metroid Prime. If you ask me, that's another point of evidence in favor of this being a standalone retelling of the Metroid trilogy. Oh, sweet Jesus. I'm glad we covered this question, because that, that is a good point. Huh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, sadly... <laughs> I think motivationally somebody posted that the person who posted the why can't Metroid crawl did make it to the end of the game based on their uh, Wii U yeah. screenshots. Meverse. Meverse shots. But it also totally is a bit because in one of the rooms of the Metroids, he says, I found Samus. Yeah, they found Samus. So. Yeah, he calls the Metroids Samus and Samus Metroid, which is clever. I do like it. What, he, he he took a screenshot of the baby attacking Mother Brain, and his caption was, The jellyfish is helping. Yes. 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 The tiger is loose. Yes. <clears throat> Who built the statue of the four bosses? You don't really see the space pirates having this kind of uh, advanced st- sculpture often, <laughs> except for their boss keys. That's true. I gotta think that the four bosses came together and did it. They commissioned somebody. Yeah. And then they didn't pay. Oh, that's who the guy was. That's the sculpture. <laughs> there the we go. Artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the statue maker. Yeah. And then Ridley was like, Craid, pay the man. <laughs> <laughs> and Craid was like, I don't have any money. And Ridley was like, no, no. God damn it. <laughs> um, Get him a hotel with the fishes. I think we should ask Dragon for that, honestly. Yeah. No! <laughs> but, um, I mean, you should really pay your artists, otherwise how will they make your new security statue when well, uh, I it's mean, inevitably blown up again? Well. They don't. They sure don't. We've never seen that security statue again because they killed the guy. It's such an awesome statue. Uh, it really is quite good. Try to imagine that being the thing, though, where it's like, uh, yeah, the only way to open this is for you four to die. And it's like, oh, oh okay. What does that mean? <laughs> Nothing. It means that I'm just going to stay down here and you never have to worry about seeing me again. Unless you're dead. It's like, what? Hmm. I don't like this security system, but I do like you staying down there. So I'll go with it. Wait, how'd the baby get there? It's a Metroid. But how did it get there? What do you mean? It just tunneled through rock? Sure. They have another entrance? It's a Metroid. Maybe if they think they can open the door or something. Maybe, maybe, but it, 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 Ridley was already dead by the time we discovered it had escaped. Well, I guess it could have been down there quite a bit longer. I don't fucking know. What do you think, Crystal? I think it was just taken down there earlier. Like they can open the door. Yeah, they can open the door if they need to get down there. It's like a dead man switch. So like it busted out of the door or out of the jar 
And Ridley was like, I can't handle this fucking thing. It's a Metroid. And Mother Brain was like, just open the door and let it in here and I'll take care of it. Yeah, everyone thinks, oh, adopting a Metroid baby, that'll be cute. But, you know, it gets eventually bigger. you gotta pass it off. Those- <laughs> would you adopt a baby Metroid? No, it's too much to handle. <laughs> I would absolutely adopt a baby Metroid. Yeah. It'd have to imprint on both of us. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'd have we to. We feed it only one cup full of something with energy a day. Yeah, so it stays the same size. When it tries to go after a squirrel, you spritz it with ice water. <laughs> I was just thinking you uh, you get a KFC bucket. Oh, just let it eat the fried chicken? You know the Metroids love birds. They do. They like poultry. That's also true. You could probably like, replicate like X-like jello. Uh-huh. Put, put a lot of like protein powder in it. Uh-huh. Yes, me and Monica would be the ones to accidentally destroy the planet because, of course, we would adopt a baby Metroid, and then the fucker would break loose, and who I knows what would happen. Break loose. <laughs> see, see, this is why we would kill the planet. This confidence, we this would hubris. Just tie a little leash onto one of its fangs. Yeah. <laughs> then you pet it. Uh huh. Charlotte asks, "How long was Samus at Ceres while the scientists studied the baby?" The narration kind of makes it sound like it's just a few hours, but it seems to me like it would have to be multiple days at minimum if the scientists were already starting to make meaningful discoveries about it. Time is weird in the Metroid series. True. I don't know how long this takes place after the other games. Also true. I mean, it's implied to be pretty soon after Metroid 2. Yeah. Like, it feels like she went straight to Sarah's station. Maybe. But how did they get Metal Ridley from Samus or whatever? He's not in this version of Third Metroid. Right. I I really did originally interpret that she went there, plopped the thing, and then they went, huh, interesting, and then she flew off. I, I think I agree with Charlotte that it seems like more time was spent here. You're kind of winning me over on that. So what's your ultimate answer here, Crystal? Um, I'm going to say a week. The whole week of Samus sitting there... Uh, conspicuously adjusting her gun as she looks over and is like, treating that baby right, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I like that. You you tell him, Crystal. Crystal Samus, the only canon Samus. <laughs> but then how long was it between one and two? Um, Enough time for a galactic convention with like fucking thousands of member planets to yeah. decide to entirely exterminate a species yeah it, I, I feel like just the bureaucracy of getting everybody together for that meeting would have taken a while meanwhile nobody was checking on zevis nope nope sure weren't which seems really odd i mean it blew up i mean the only guy who lived it's on all Zeb- below the surface the only guy who lived on zevis at this point was this eccentric sculptor so i mean like they weren't too worried about it uh... rose asks Where'd the space pirate mothership's exploded remains go after Zero Mission? Shouldn't we see some of it on top of the wrecked ship since that's where it landed? Clearly this means Zero Mission is on a different timeline. You are correct, Rose. Rose, you're you're right. Yeah. Yeah. That- that's funny because um, a lot of people point out quite firmly that the wrecked ship is not the exploded uh, sperm sh- pirate ship. Yeah. And that's true, but that's the second contradiction. Yeah. Unless they managed to clear it all away, but then... Why bother? They didn't clear out the dead body. Sure didn't. Well, again, 
That guy just got paid by Kraid. Mothy asks, why did the space pirates use a planet-destroying bomb instead of a regular bomb like in Metroid 1? Related, how fucked is the Metroid universe given the apparent ease of blowing up planets? When the gold boss statues power down, you can see little ghosts fly out. Are those the spirits of the bosses? How did their souls get into a statue and why would the space pirate slash mother brain do this? Wow. Uh, the space pirates use a planet-destroying bomb instead of a regular bomb because this is super Metroid. It's a super bomb. That, that, that's, that's reasonable. It's like how in Halo 1, you blow up Halo, but then in Halo 3, you blow up the Ark, which is the facility that produces Halos. Yeah, a lot like that. Wait, no, you don't. You blow up the Halo that they create, and the Ark gets damaged, but not totally destroyed. Or so does it? Like, I don't know. I don't remember Halo 3. So so it's like in Halo 2 where you blow up the entire concept of narrative. That's not what Halo 2 does. Well, I mean like when it when it goes to finish the fight, cut to credits. That's just a cliffhanger. Yeah, sure was. I don't know. I thought that would be pithier than it ended up being. I'm sorry. Was it a tie-in to Halo 3? Well, yeah. Halo 3 picks up where Halo 2 Halo. leaves off. Okay. Like Halo 2 is a cliffhanger ending with Master Chiefs going, I'm going to finish this fight, and then jumping down to finish the fight, and Halo 3 is him finishing the fight. And then no, that's he, half a movie. He does blow up the whole arc. Yes. Okay, so it, it, it's from Halo 1 to Halo 3 is Metroid 1 to Metroid 3. Huh. Yes, that's correct. So Halo 3 ripped off Metroid 3 in terms of that. Exactly. Okay. I'm glad that we're all agreed. How fucked is the Metroid universe, given how often and how violently and apparently how easily planets explode? I mean, it's a dangerous place. It's space pirated. What is that how mean? else is the Federation supposed to get uh, galactic trade back to normal? Oh, God. That's in the manuals, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, some of the Metroids might have been written with a little bit of cop brain in there. You think they'll make a Metroid 6 that's kind of like the Star Wars prequels where it turns out that actually the maybe the space pirates aren't so bad and they're just fighting for independence from the Federation? I very distinctly doubt it. Uh. But maybe. Yeah, no, not Nintendo. Sakamoto. Sakamoto, though. He could. Monica will never forgive Sakamoto for anything. Why should I? So are, are, are those, are those little, are those little, lights that fly out of the statue are those the bosses is that their life force or their consciousness actually yeah i think that makes sense to me and that's how they came back because a little a little a little shard of their soul a horcrux was stored in the statues you couldn't have said phylactery <laughs> it had to be horcrux i can think of the word phylactery so i reached for <laughs> horcrux from the terrible books by the awful woman <laughs> that's I fair I thought it was just the eyes blowing out because they were glowing. That's true. But like their deaths is actually what causes that. So yeah. some part of their life energy is linked to that dead man's switch. But they, the artist has crafted it so the eyes artistically explode. I Oh, yeah. I don't know that I buy into the phylactery theory, but it's an interesting one. The, the artist designed it so that it will only explode when an actual audience member is there. Whoa. Because it's not when Ridley dies, it's when you go in and say, hey, Ridley's dead. And then it's like, okay. Wait, is that true? Yeah, you have to be there. Okay, so it's not just that you see each one fly off individually after you kill a given boss, right? I'm pretty sure. Okay. It, it might not matter that much, 
Why would Mother Brain do it that way? Mother Brain's a dick. Well, Mother Brain is simply a creation of Mother Brain's own ghost. (laughs) Yes. Which is, of course, itself the psychic energy of her mistreatment by the Chozo. Uh, That's not canon yet. That's not canon until Zero Mission. Okay. Mother Brain, as of this point, is not a Chozo creation. Um, Jebu and Simon have a conversation where Simon gets our ass by correctly predicting that it's that podcast, so definitely not saving the animals leads to the other M timeline, and saving them <laughs> leads to fusion. God damn it. <laughs> you got our ass. It, I exploded us. Uh-huh. I don't... I, uh, I'm defeated. Uh, yeah, that works out. Thanks, Simon. Jero asks, how do you make a Persona Super Metroid crossover? This question is 100% by having Burn My Dread stuck in my head. Um, that... How the fuck? Well, I mean, actually, that might work out, because if we treat... If we treat Super Metroid as something that takes place in the subconscious, like the select collective subconscious of either Zebus or the galactic civilization in general, then certain parts of it start to make more sense. You're walking through this nightmare world of things that used to be. So instead of the obvious, Samus is a student in school, something, something, persona, you're having Metroid be the the dream space. Or at least Super Metroid. Like, Metroid takes place in the physical world, but Super Metroid takes place in the underworld, so to speak. You're saying this whole thing is is like a psychic projection by Fantoon? Um, maybe. If you think of Fantoon as being... hooked into the collective unconscious of everyone involved what is samus's persona it's also samus are we okay look are we going persona in the style of persona or are we going like a stand style where it's based on music yeah we're gonna do eidolon style where it's based on music but it's also just a persona yes okay they're called eidolons because they stand behind you right I, I was just wondering, because if we did it in a strict persona sense, it would need to be a god or some other mythical figure. And that could Well, be she an... is the mythical figure. It'd uh, be the yeah. Chozo war god that she fights. Uh, maybe, yeah. Sam, in, in persona style, I think her persona would be the Metroid. Okay. But in Eidolon style, what would you give to her, Crystal? Um, I th- I think Samus would be into classical music, which is to say 20th century rock. Oh. I think she has, like, a really bad dad rock sound. Like, something Iron Man would like. Oh, like the, like the trucker lady from Cowboy Bebop. Exactly. Okay. Back in Black by ACDC. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just Spider-Man's own theme goes. song. Oh. She doesn't even wear black, but she likes the way that it rhymes. She she did that. She has personally built a programmer a program that can spit out new ACDC licks in the way that of that uh, YouTube or TikTok video that teaches you how to make new ACDC songs just off the top of your head. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But we'll just say that her uh, Eidolon is actually ACDC. Wait, that's already a that that's already a stand. It's not already an Eidolon, is it? I don't think so. Now. Okay. Nobody on Eidolon likes ACDC. I don't think so. Are we 50 years old? I mean, kinda. Are we we Tony Stark, the Iron Man? Uh, Are we Iron Boy Jr., Peter Parker? 
You know what? I'm going to say that her Eidolon would be War Pigs. Sure, War Pigs. By Black Sabbath. By Black Sabbath. Have you ever Tony heard Stark that song? also wears that shirt. Have you ever have you ever heard that song? I've played Call of Duty, yeah. <laughs> I've seen commer- I've seen Super Bowl commercials for Call of Duty. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm good. Hmm. I'm good. Okay. On the one hand, I do think Samus might while doing her bounty hunting play ACDC or something like that. But on the other hand, I can also picture her having like a little YouTube second screen in her visor and she's watching like cute animal videos. Oh, what what's the name of that Dvorak song? You know, they used it in Osiris Wrath. Oh, uh the 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 West one. Yes, yes, it, New World. Yes, it's New World, but it's a specific movement of the New World. Oh, this. Give me a second, give me a second. I like to think that maybe on some level she's like a huge weeb. No. Shut up. Hold on. No. She loves anime intros. She loves uh, Sword Art Online. Uh, she has a she has a ranked list of Bleach intros. And she likes um, Dvorak's number nine, uh, Symphony Number no. Nine in E Minor. Not because it's uh, a great piece of music on its own, because she knows it how it's used in Japanese video games and cartoons. So she saw that shit in One Piece, and while she was watching an LP of Osiris Wrath, because it still hasn't been ported to PC in the time that she's alive, and uh, she thinks that it's just the sickest shit, so that's her song. Where the hell are we going with this? That, that's her stand, Symphony Number no. 9 in E Minor. Crow System asks... Where does Super Mario RPG sleeping in the bed Samus fit into the Metroid timeline? Well, I mean, if you take Super Metroid as being the underworld dream fever. Mm. She does say that she's preparing for her battle with Mother Brain, if I remember right. So it's got to be either Metroid 1 or Metroid 3 time. But if we answer that, then where does Samus, uh, as, as encountered by Kirby... Does that happen? Yes. Where does that happen? In the, the the Kirby that you still haven't fully played. Shit. I don't know. I don't know any of these questions. It's too much. How about Samus? She plays the, the cello in Tetris? Oh, yeah. She does play the cello in Tetris. Um, so Nora asks, do you think Weevil is in this one? If so, which room do you think he's in? Crystal, what does Nora mean? Uh, Weevil is a character from Metroid Prime Hunters. He is a space pirate who was made into a cyborg after he was beaten up by Samus in a battle in Brinstar. This is a very human-looking person. Well, he's a cyborg. And if, if they fought in Brinstar, it must have happened in first Metroid or third Metroid. That's true. Crystal, where do you, th- where do you think Weevil- is Weevil in this game? Well, uh, the Metroid Prime series is generally... Considered to take place between one and two because there's Metroids in it. Oh, you're right. Um, but there's no space pirates in Brinstar in either released versions of First Metroid. <gasps> but are there I, even space pirates in Brinstar in this one? I'm actually completely unsure. I don't think so. Are you are you saying that Weevil's non-canon? I'm saying that Weevil must have. Probably had his thing in yet another unreleased version of First Metroid that Metroid Prime is a sequel to. Oh, okay. 
He kind of looks like the the dead body. He actually kind of does look like the dead he body. He does kind of look like that. And that dead body is super in Metroid. I mean, it's in Brinstar. Maybe they said that Samus killed him, but the, the, the pirates killed each other. But Super Metroid takes place after Metroid Prime Hunters. Oh. I think. I, I'm not sure if Metroid Prime Hunters takes place in the same era as the trilogy. It, it would be between one and two. I just don't know. We're going to say... The answer, the answer then is that no, Weevil is not in Super... Wait, Maybe but, I mean, the body is like the left behind body of Weevil, but then they scooped out his brain to put in the cyborg body. Wait, but maybe also this is Weevil's ultimate fate here. Hmm. Dead in Brinstar, returning to the place that he claimed to have fought Samus but never did. Yeah, all the all the space pirates said, you know, calling all reinforcements to Zebus, and then he ended up dying because he wanted to fight Samus, but he, he died before he could. He tried to ask Kraid for the money that was owed to him for making that sick statue. <laughs> okay, yeah, I feel like we've done good here. He's in the Brinstar room outside of Kraid's uh, arena. Thank you, Nora. And Thank the you, last Nora. question comes in from Cordelia. Does Samus canonically sequence break? Yeah, of course. Sequence breaking is in the DNA of this game, and it, it, it the the order in which things take place is very fluid. There is no canon order to Super Metroid, so yes, sequence breaking happens just as much as it doesn't happen. So it's a multitude of possibilities. Yes. Oh no, <laughs> I just realized what I said. Shit. <laughs> you know what? I that reminds me that. Uh, in Super Metroid, when you are loading up the game, you are faced with a, a menu with uh, Samus A, Samus B, and Samus C. Oh, no. <laughs> God damn it. So, yeah, I'd say for some Samuses, maybe A or B, they sequence break, and then maybe Samus C doesn't. There we okay. go. That's the answer. There, we we did entertain the possibility of multiple Samuses briefly in the last episode, didn't we? Yeah, but I think is this is this a timeline thing? It 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 all kind of clumps together, so it doesn't matter too much. That's why Samus doesn't have any upgrades because it's a different Samus every time. Super Metroid sure is weird. It is it is a singular standalone link between worlds product. <laughs> I think that yeah, that's fair. It is probably the same motivation. This game was pretty all right. Let's make a sequel, and it's got to be quite similar because the fans like it. I think I think we've I think we've got a, about a two hour episode here. Yes, I think we've come to the end of the of the program. Crystal, where can we find you online? You can find me online at Arcane Crystal and at patreon.com slash arcane crystal where you can listen to this and other podcasts one week before they release to everyone else. You can find me on Eidolon Playtest, an actual play podcast where your soul exists as a little guy outside of your body. And you, you go to the, the cognitive realm of the collective subconscious, and there's angels and demons there, and it's a whole adventure. You can find me on MCU Complete Me, the show where I learned to hate all the Marvel movies. <laughs> Which Marvel movie will you get to hate next? Uh, the next movie... That next Marvel movie I will get to love is The Matrix. Oh. Oh. We're doing I, I, a, a, a miniseries called The Matrix Has You at Hello. That's a hell of a title. Who came up with that one? I did. Damn. 
That's all right. I was very feverish while recording the first Matrix episode, and it's very easy to tell. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You shouldn't record while you're sick, Crystal. But I wanted no. to. That's fair. I can't stop. Nobody can stop. Uh, you can also find me on Let's Place, a show where we scientifically and objectively rank every video game according to its quality. That That is what it says on the tin. And start a new podcast. <gasps> I'm not exactly sure when it'll be out because it's not up to me, but maybe it'll be out by the time this is out. It's called In Our Good Books. You'll be able to find that over at the Abnormal and Mapping Network where me and my co-host Mark talk about the Bible. Have you, have you heard of this one? I I have heard of the Bible. There's some there's some weird stuff in it. I can't wait for the uh, the timeline. <laughs> oh, there's the, a timeline in the first five chapters of Genesis. Yeah, it's a hell of a timeline. But is there branching? Yes, actually. Great. Sure, sure there, is. There's a weird thing where like. Seth's line and Kane's line, all their kids have the same names for some reason. Uh-huh. And it seems like those chapters are written by different authors, so I don't know. There's a lot of ways you could interpret that. That sounds like a really, really interesting podcast. Uh, what about you, Cameron? You can find me on Twitter, at CamRider, and on no podcasts save for this one. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out to one James Schwar at Luminous Music for letting us use his Metroid remixes for the intro and outro of these podcast episodes. Thanks. Also, uh, don't find me, but go watch Dune. Really? Yeah. Spacey. You do really love those James Villeneuve movies. Dennis. Dennis. Denise. Denise. Look, that that particular director and the cinematographers that that director works with, you like those. Yeah. Yeah. It's shot like a fucking horror movie, and Monica can't see it, and it's blowing my mind. Uh, and by go watch, I mean, like, you can also use HBO Max. Yeah, HBO Max. Would you like to hear a Metroid joke? No, uh-huh. but do it anyway. What does Ridley like in his tacos? What the hell? Missiles. Chorizo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awful. Okay, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.